Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dill Journeys podcast. I'm so stoked to have you guys back for another episode. I thought I'd treat you with a Christmas gift by interviewing Zana from Active Escapes, the world's largest fitness retreat company out there, which is so awesome because he's an expert in what he does and I get to pick his brain in everything that he's doing within the company, how he built it to what it is today and also the struggles. Like it's not all smooth sailing and a lot of people need to realize that it's not an overnight success. He's been working out this dream for seven years and has now created a business that matches with his lifestyle so he doesn't need to take a holiday from it. He's almost living his dream life. But don't get me wrong, he works extremely hard and is doing amazing things. So without further ado, here it is. Mate, Zana, thanks for coming on to the podcast today. I'm excited for this one. It should be very interesting. Thanks, Dylan. Great to be here. Mate, a way that I like to sort of break the ice of the podcast is by asking you, What's the weirdest thing or something that you do every day that you don't know if everyone else does? Something I do every day that someone else doesn't do. Um, well, you don't really want to tell anyone, do uh, It's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, I suppose every day for me is different. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it's December now, but I reckon I've slept in 100 beds this year. Um, really? So, yeah, just obviously traveling a lot and um staying in a lot of different places um yeah everything's pretty different i suppose every day but yeah obviously do the normal things like brush your teeth and whatever but uh yeah I haven't, I haven't got any exciting uh apart from that maybe yeah i i actually started counting at the start of the year like how many beds and i got to like the end of january and i was like oh i've lost count yeah really um because yeah we're just constantly uh on, on the go. go so um it's been yeah it's been a crazy few years basically yeah um but yeah no nothing too uh out of the ordinary i don't think no Just, i like uh, the 100 beds that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> i haven't heard that before um mate so if you had to sum up one word that represents you the most what would that word be uh probably just determined yeah um or competitive mm. um so just i just find what i like I just aim at something and I'll just go at it, and that yeah. can be in in business or it could be in uh, some workout where I'm just going at 100 miles an hour to try and like get that result or mm. beat someone or whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, probably that and just even on smaller note, just like even just emails and getting back to people and like just trying to get stuff done as quick as I can. Yeah. So always on the go, just getting getting the stuff done. Yeah, like when you messaged me, I was... Yeah, literally straight <laughs> away. It, uh-huh. What, it would have been like two days ago, was it? Or three days yeah, ago? So, um, yeah, so yeah, obviously, so we were kind of Byron, so it's our first um, active escapes in Byron. So, yeah, it's good to be here. Exciting times. Mate, so did that, like, we'll take a step back to your youth. Mate, let's say around year 11, year 12, what do you want to do? Um, so, yeah, I, I grew up in Melbourne, so yeah. um, I was going to good school called St. Kevin's College, which is in Turak. Um, and I suppose when you're that age, you take everything a bit for granted. You, mm. Yeah, I was going to good school, but I don't think I like realised how good the school was until, I suppose, your later years um, and the opportunities you get. So, um, yeah, I was going through year 11 and uh, 
doing probably normal sort of subjects, mathematics and uh, English and all those sort of things, um, computer subjects and uh, playing Australian rules football in year 11 and 12 as well. Um, so I suppose that, you know, like a bit of a work balance with, with football and um, competing in, the, in, in that sort of thing as well. But um, through those sort of private schools, you get a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sports. So mm. you, um, you, you do play several sports, but um, I suppose football was a big one for me that we concentrated on. Um, and yeah, in terms of what I was going to do, I was a bit, yeah, I was a bit all the show. I wasn't really sure. Um, obviously, going to St. Kevin's, you have meetings with um, career advisors and stuff like yeah. that. And they ask you what you want to do. And, you know, you're sort of driven towards, you know, you go to university. Mm. Um, so I suppose that's the way that they tell you and I suppose society sort of tells you that a bit as well you, you know you leave school and you go to university or you do a trade mm. um, so uh, yeah at the end of year 12 I, um, I got about 84 on my inter school I don't even know if it's called that anymore is it um, I've got no clue <laughs> it's a different and, system uh, in Queensland yeah so that was in Victoria and uh, and yeah so I went to, I got into a, a course called um, business information systems which is sort of I suppose business degree with a bit of computing so um yeah did that and yeah i suppose i still didn't know what i was going to do but i was going to university so yeah going to university and uh and then i was playing football for the st kevin's old boys actually in the amateurs in in melbourne and um yeah i suppose what a lot of people do mm. um, do a business degree and yeah uh just you know it's obviously i think i still remember it was 12 hours a week so you're not doing much. Um, no. Just having a, having a good time, basically. Yeah. Um, and then, I suppose, yeah, I was really young as well. I was 17 when I was at university. Um, so, I didn't turn 18 to about halfway through the year. But, I suppose, a lot of people don't know what they're going to do at, at that age. Mm. Um, my parents, my dad was a lawyer. I knew I wasn't going to do that. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, I wasn't really sure. But, when I was doing the... Um, that course, I actually started my own business, um, doing a, a like an IT support type business. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, I've never like I've never really worked for anyone. I've always since a very young age. I was probably about nineteen or twenty, and yeah. um, started this business with a guy that I met in university, um, doing doing that, and uh, we were just we got a. Again, when when you when you're that young and you got football and your school and that you you know you just build a network and you get lots of connections and mm. um, you get some especially like you start your own business and um, you sort of get lots of people that will give you a go anyway. Um, yeah. So you get we got a number of people I knew through family friends, uh, also your school network, your football network, getting um. So we were doing IT sport for like law firms and accounting firms and stuff like that. Um, and then after probably a year, or I think, my university mate got a job with Telstra. Um, so he left. So then it was just me. Yeah. Because um, we weren't, you know, we were obviously very young and didn't, um, 
you know, we didn't really need to make much money. So I suppose we weren't making much money. I was living at home and uh, we're doing, I was just doing that for uh, several several years. I obviously finished university, which took me six years. Uh, (laughs) It's having too much fun, I think. So um, it was a four year course, but um, yeah, failed a couple of subjects there along the way. Yeah. Um, And yeah, just was playing football and stuff. So finished that and then yeah, I was, I had this, IT company that was running for several years um, and yeah I suppose at that time so that was probably from my age of 20 ish through to I think I had it till I was about 28 wow yeah okay uh, so like where why do you reckon like where do you reckon it stems from you just wanting to work for yourself like you know you're saying like you've pretty much worked for yourself your yeah. whole life where do you reckon that stemmed from like did you listen to any like audio tapes of you know all these big entrepreneurs or like nah, just not, doing your own of that. thing really i think my dad works for himself as his law firm but um so maybe a bit of that but mm. um i don't know i think it's just something that's in some people too yeah that's just what they want to do um mm. they like the freedom of doing that and um other people it, it scares like yeah scares them to not get the paycheck every thursday or whatever it is um they where when you work for yourself you don't know when your next sort of <laughs> paycheck's coming so um but yeah being young and like living with my parents in my early 20s um yeah, i suppose it wasn't much pressure as um mm. as it is when you get older to do your if you want to run your state your own business um but uh, yeah as i said i've been doing it since i was 19 or 20 so yeah it's um it's never really occurred to me to get a job no how good <laughs> living the dream um so that leads me to the next segment mate all things business so how did how did you go from that telecommunic would you call it telecommunications oh, i was more like it support it support? I, I did other things i did did a whole lot of things um you know some things work and some things don't yeah. and um we even when i was 20 i was 21 or 22 and we started selling um started selling t-shirts online and that wasn't heard of back then. That was like about 2000 and 2002 or three or something. Yeah, um, wow. And people told me that's never gonna work, but we were like doing t-shirts online and stuff. And look, it went all right for a, about six months or a year. Yeah. And, but it was just so much work and we actually got some people invested and stuff. And um, I only owned 10% of it, but I was doing all the work. So I got sick yeah. of that pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I threw that one in and then I did um, why I had my IT business, IT support for for companies basically, for like law firms, accounting firms. We, I started, I did some property development as well, just small property development. I used to buy houses and sort of do them up a bit um, and sell them. So I did, I did a few of those, made a bit of money um, through the 2000s there. And um, I was, we were doing one house in particular and I needed some awnings and uh, so on the outside of your house needed some awnings and so I sort of saw some awnings and stuff and we put them up and uh, so this guy was working with me um, and I thought geez this is uh, this is pretty good I reckon we can make a business out of this yeah so then I started an awnings business in about 2008 um, <laughs> right when the financial crisis was yeah so but that that went really well, um, and we—I ended up selling my 
that was because I still had my IT business at the time. But that's and then I sold it in two thousand and I think it was two thousand and eight. Um, sold the IT sport business, um, and then I was running this awnings business, and uh, so I did that for a, a few few years, and um, I I ended up I sold out of one. I had it with a business partner. I sold out of that, and. Um, then I had I had nothing to do, and I was like, "Oh, this was about 2011. Had nothing to do." And um, anyway, I decided to start opening another awnings business. So I opened a second awnings business. Um, it's called Awnings by Design. Still runs in Melbourne now, actually. Um, and that was yeah, so 2011. Started that, but I was starting again from scratch. So I didn't really have much work. Mm. Um, so then through 2012, um, I had this idea about. Um, running these fitness retreats which stem from going on surf trips I've been to surf trips in mainly in the Maldives um, and I thought oh, I'd be cool to do a, um, a trip like this with a group of random people we're on a we're on a boat with um, just people from all over the world yeah. going surfing um, so I thought oh, I'd be good to do this and then um, but train and do fun activities and stuff mm. um, so in 2012 um, I thought, oh, I'm going to try this. And I went to Bali, which I've been several times before. And um, because Bali has the best time to go to Bali is sort of June, July, August mm. time. And that's over the winter in Melbourne. And not many people need awnings in Melbourne in the middle of winter. Um, it's freezing. So I basically had no work on. So I suppose the aim was I was going to try and do these over the, the winter months when I had no work on. Um, and yeah, so did one in 2012, sort of went over and sorted everything out and, um, scrape, get together some people to come on it. Uh, and, uh, obviously things are a lot different now, but that was like their first go at it. And, mm. um, we did this retreat and we, we trained and we did some fun things and all that sort of stuff. And then that was the only one we did in 2012 and, uh, then in 2013, I did a few more and I was doing it with this other guy at the time and we had some different ideas. Um, and then, so I wanted to do like more of fitness stuff and he didn't want to do that. So I just said, oh, well, I'll just do it. We'll just do them separately. So then I kept going with Active Escapes and uh, and then it wasn't until, I don't reckon, 2014 um, that Active Escapes became like a, a real thing and uh, we were getting... So I think I was down a fair bit of money at the time, um, just from running trips and losing money. It's it's really hard. Um, it's really hard to to make money and yeah, survive because you got to mm. you got to get people on. And um, I, I still thought it, I still thought in my head it was a real it was a good idea, <laughs> but I had to question myself at times. And yeah. I was like, is this like I know I still think it's a good idea, but is it like I'm not making any money? And uh, and then it just sort of. It just clicked um, and it was a bit off the back of like the Instagram bubble um, yeah, that just yeah. went crazy in 2014 um, and we just like, we were just climbing a thousand followers a week. Um, really? And all organic? Yeah, all just organic. Um, wow. So we were just, like wasn't spending a cent on advertising um, and we were just growing like stupidly quick. Um, <laughs> I remember getting excited because I, in 2014 because we were getting close to 10,000 followers 
Yeah, wow. And um, at the time, I'm thinking, oh, if I just get to 10,000, I'll just like, this will be so good. Like, <laughs> we don't even need any more. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And um, we went past 10,000 so quickly that I didn't even have time to like do a thank you post for uh, 10,000 followers. Really? Because we went from like, eight on we like basically went eight nine ten twelve fourteen like in the space of a few days far out um and did that all stem from like one of your ones in 014 like did you get influences on board yeah, or like so how did it all grow so quickly yeah so i spoke to some influencers in 2013 actually yeah. and 2014 and it and it wasn't it basically wasn't a thing then it was um yeah there's no influencer marketing or anything. no no i remember talking to a, a couple that were you know like now they've got millions of followers and back then they probably had a hundred thousand but a hundred thousand was a was a hell of a lot then mm. and um also these influencers didn't get anything for free so when i when i rang them and said um i remember being on the phone and i said yeah so i, I just want you to come to bali and just have a good time and just tell people about it and they were like they just thought i was like lying and like they were just like, are you sure yeah like what do you mean and i'm like <laughs> i was like i'll i'll pay for your flight and all the accommodation food everything mm. just come and all i want you to do is come and have a good time yeah and they literally thought i was like trying to i don't know <laughs> I yeah well. and uh now the same people get everything for free and get paid and whatever yeah. um but we've never paid any influencer um mm. we've i suppose the key's been we've only wanted an influencer there that um that wants to be there yeah and um, aligns with obviously your mission and yeah so um and look to be honest we don't do it much anymore it, it was really good back then but i don't think it works very well anymore no. um so for you know the expense and the the uh, the hassles it can give you um with yeah you take a million stories about yeah how much how like how much a problem they've been mm. um and yeah it's it's probably not it's probably well, i could basically say it's not worth it but um it just back then it was really good mm. and um it really like and people didn't even when people saw these um these girls posting about active escapes people di didn't know that influence got stuff for free because they weren't getting stuff for free um mm. back then and then uh so people thought that, that these people were legitimately coming as like pay guests on active escapes yeah um so it just it it just went up so quickly for us and now it's just it's it's really difficult um to do that so yeah it was probably a case of i suppose having the idea and then about active escapes and then just being at the right place at the right time and a lot of things changed since since then like from our, i just think back to it, like our first trip like it's mm. so different we've done now over 100 um, retreats now 100 retreats yeah so we had a hundredth one wow. this year and we called it the festival so we had like 138 people i think it was at the um active skates festival which was in bali in may jesus um that would be amazing yeah so we we exclusively booked a 123 room resort <laughs> and uh yeah we had a lot of people there yeah so um you can check that out it's uh there's a video on our website of it yeah is and it we, where they all wear white is that the one or yeah we had a white party at it yeah, yeah. Um, that was one of the nights so we have like social events during all of our treats anyway but that yeah. was a bit of a special one and yeah we had um we're doing it again next year actually the festival's already over 100 people booked in for it 
Um, Watch so, out, guys. So up. <laughs> there'll be a hundred and there'll be at least one hundred and fifty, um, wow. depending on the, how the bookings work with two in a room or one in a room. But mm-hmm. there'll be at least one hundred and fifty at that. And uh, but yeah, that's come a long way. Like we get a lot of repeat guests. As I said, that festival next year is already fifty-eight repeat guests booked on well, on, the, on the festival. So, yeah. um, and often our guests book uh, before that week's even finished. So we have um, we're in South Africa uh, last week. We launched South Africa, and that's a franchise-run Active Escapes. And um, we had like four of the guests had booked before we'd even finished the week. Um, they booked another another trip, so wow. um, we do get a lot of people that come back, and uh, that's just great. It's good to see them as well. Um, we're in Byron Bay right now. There's one guy here who's on his eighth trip, and about nearly half the group are um, a repeat guests. So it's it's just good to see them, and uh, it's yeah, it's uh, it's it's good fun. Yeah, and do you reckon why they come back so much is because of like the trainers and like the culture you're trying to bring around it like i know you got like andrew paff who's you know very high energy good yeah. person yeah obviously we try to get um yeah as you said good people yeah. so um and it's it's a real challenge for us with picking trainers we get uh a lot of people from all over the world like every day contact us yeah right. and um you know some people have got a million followers and we make them come on as a guest first. Like if we think they're gonna be okay, we get them to come on as a guest. And then if they are, like you said, a good good person, mm. we'll, uh, then we look at like the f- a future with them. So, yeah, okay. um, cause yeah, we've had problems in the past with, I suppose, influences and stuff like that with, um, yeah, they might have a reach, but if you're not like a good person, then it just doesn't work. No. Like, um, so, We've got um, we've got people that work with us that have got a million followers, and I can tell you right now they're good people because they wouldn't be there if they weren't. But we've got yeah. others that have got um, take Peter Day for instance. He's uh, the F forty five champ, mm. and uh, he he came to us as a guest first, and uh, obviously I had I never met Pete, but um, he uh, he's got. 20,000 Instagram followers so not a million like some other people might have mm. but he's he's just a good genuine guy he's fit he knows his stuff uh, in today's sort of world with Instagram and stuff a lot of the people who've got a million followers they don't actually do any work and they've never trained anyone in their life yeah. um, so they might think that they know what they're doing but you put them in front of 20 people and try and get them to train 20 people and they, they've never done it before so yeah it's, it's really to find the people that are good with people yeah um, that's the most important thing for us yeah that'd be that'd be <laughs> a big stuff up if they you know you wouldn't know how to cope with them and stuff like that but it's cool that you almost do like a you know customer experience in the way that you invite them on get to know them a bit before you just straight away just come on instead of like you know yeah. seeing their resume type thing yeah well sometimes they're not invited on they're just they're booked on um, yeah. and we meet them and they train with us for the week as a completely guest like everyone else. And uh, mm. and then um, we, you know, we'll go, well, he's he's a good guy or she's a good girl and really fit and knows the stuff and whatever. And then we'll have a chat to them later. And uh, then, yeah, often they've, they've come back on yeah. um, as a trainer the next time or, you know, maybe assistant trainer or, or whatever um, to start with. And, yeah, like some of those guys have 
uh, you know, the best best guys that we've got. Um, we've had other ones like Andrew Papp, you mentioned before, and Amanda Bisk. They've been with us basically from the start, like 2014. Yeah, wow. Um, so they've done lots of trips between those two. And yeah. Uh, they, yeah, it's, they, they know what they're doing. They're like good energy with all the people. So um, yeah, works works well. That's it. Um, so obviously like Instagram worked like amazingly for you guys and now the algorithm's starting to drop. So is yeah. there any other like sort of marketing way that you'd potentially get into? Like, have you tried TikTok? You know, like the growth's <laughs> pretty good on there at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a shame they wrecked Instagram, but um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, and they just keep making it worse. But um, yeah, yeah. look, I've spoken to a lot of people on Instagram and yeah, we had 50,000 followers, I don't know, a couple of years ago and now we've got 120,000. But mm. when we had 50,000, it was way more powerful than when we got 120. Like yeah. They just literally don't show your content to anyone anymore. So no. um it's yeah it's a conversation for another day probably but yeah, yeah. The, the algorithm i could yeah basically you have to get naked or there's no point in being on it um, <laughs> that's very true <laughs> so um yeah look we've we do have a tiktok account i don't even have tiktok tiktok on my phone yeah really um but we do have an account uh, one of the one of the girls that works with us is yeah is sort of running that for us um and yeah, we have noticed like, you know, we can put a, a, a video on Instagram and it might get 20,000 views mm. and we've got 100,000, 120,000 followers and we put it on TikTok the same video and it might have 80,000 views. Yeah. And it's a new account. We've only got like, I don't even know, you'd have to check and tell me, but I think it's under 1,000 followers on yeah. TikTok. Um, so to get that many views, for, like we're talking four times the views than yeah. Instagram, it's... Uh, it probably is powerful, but I don't know enough about it to uh, to comment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like obviously traditional things. Uh, I suppose Instagram worked well for us at the start because fitness retreats wasn't a thing. Like it was, no. it was just it's an idea. Common now, it was just hey? an idea I had. Yeah, so it's pretty common now. We've been around since the, like start. We basically we were the first people to do it. So yeah. Um, but now with like people actually Google it, so um, it's important to be uh, yeah. up in your. SEO rankings and mm. that sort of thing, and yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people trying to do fitness treats. So a lot of our, even our peri- previous guests try and rip it off and whatever. Yeah, really. Um, but I s- at times that helps us because yeah, they sort of talk about fitness treats trying to get people on, and then their trips don't even ever happen because they don't realise how hard it is to get people on on a fitness treat. But then the one or two that thought they might want to go then Google it and then end up finding us anyway. So Yeah, so it's pretty um, good in a yeah. sense. Yeah, and like s- some gyms around the place will try and run one and stuff, but then obviously they can only do, you know, one or something and then people won't be able to go on that date because of certain mm. reasons where we've got um, up to sort of 30, 30 retreats for the year yeah, um, wow. in, in eight different countries. So mm. um, we've got lots of different options and uh, yeah, so definitely Google this paper click on google as well um but obviously that gets expensive if you're uh like if you're running one retreat and you're spending two grand a month on on paper click well you're not gonna that's not gonna work for you so no um yeah i suppose like every every business like it's it's not easy you need to be like dedicated to it um 
you need to live and breathe it mm. and you need to be your customer you need to you need to know your customer and be and be very quick in getting back to your customer um, so they tr have that level of trust in you as a new customer they might have sent through an email or a phone call or whatever it was and I just like I suppose dedicate my life to uh yeah. to just getting back to these people as quick as i as quick as i can um because it's it's the difference between them coming or not coming basically yeah so do you have like a group of people working for you in that sense uh so there's my wife ali and yeah. i um so ali i met in 2014 so it was I just started sort of active active escape had just started becoming a thing mm -hmm. and um Ali's a yoga teacher, so Ali's been running the yoga since 2014. That's always um, handy. Yeah, so, uh, and then basically it's Ali and I um, that run everything, and wow. uh, we've been, we've basically been running, well, we started Bali, and then um, then the next locations we did were Maldives and Hawaii. Mm. Uh, so we set all those up, um, and then, uh, trying to think in the order this happened but in 2000 and uh, we, we did thailand so yeah. we set thailand up as well um and then we set australia up so we did noosa so we were setting up all these different countries and uh we were just so busy and a lot of our guests were saying oh why don't you do uh greece for instance and we were like oh we don't know anything about greece i've never been there um yeah so because you, you need to know these places really well and uh so then we started and we didn't also we didn't have any time we were running like up to 25 retreats a year just with ali and i and wow. um, and so basically every second week for the whole year and uh we were just traveling around living out of suitcase and uh yeah working really hard and then we just couldn't do any more so we started opening it up to franchises so say if you want to run Greece, you apply, and uh, if you if you're successful, you can you, you run that that location. So we get to the first one and uh, make sure it's all to our level. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was in South Africa last week. We set all that up. Um, obviously, there's a lot of meetings that happen before that, and um, they have to come on one of one of our retreats and all that sort of stuff. So have to, and then they've got to follow our blueprint and. Uh, yeah so then well after they do the first one then they can run them without us and um yeah it's a obviously it's, they're, they're all in different countries so it's a it's all the trips are different but they run along the same sort of schedules and uh but we have different activities and stuff like that but yeah that's right. how we've sort of grown it to um have these yeah i suppose different experiences and give our, our community some some different places to go yeah that's amazing so i didn't even know that it's actually like a franchise model so how did like that all transpire because i'm sure that would have been like a big you know step in business i guess yeah i suppose yeah as i said well, we, just, we just couldn't do any more ourselves so we yeah that was just a logical step for it um so for instance um the franchise owner in greece her name's elena she um she's greek so she lives there she speaks the language she knows she's got connections there she knows how to do stuff um i don't know anything so she, mm. she sort of s sets all things up with with what we what we tell her we need and whatever and then we we go and t tick things off and then 
she'll then so this year Greece ran three retreats um, oh, okay. and yeah so and then she can run them as I said I went to the first one and then she she runs them from from then on and uh, yeah we've we've done multiple we've done lots of franchises really um, some some that haven't worked for different reasons usually the owner can't do it anymore for whatever reason um, so like for we did Dubai for instance and we only did one okay. um, and the girl who was owned that one she actually moved um, to another country so mm. she said oh, I can't do this anymore but um, yeah we only did one we actually had a great time um, but also Dubai is an expensive place so it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a bit hard to hard to run and yeah it's yeah so we've got New Caledonia launching next month oh wow um, so yeah we'll head over there and same thing mm-hmm. and uh, yeah we've got few running there's but um barbados was last month as well so that was their third. Oh, that would have been fun <laughs> that, was, that was their third trip um, yeah so yeah we're just gonna keep finding some cool places to run them and uh find yeah. the right people to run them i suppose that's the hardest bit um finding the finding the right people yeah 100 percent. so like where do you see the company you know in the future like would you want it to be in you know every country around the world like <laughs> <laughs> no it won't be in every country yeah um there'd I suppose at the moment, uh, my wife and I run Australia and Maldives and Bali, mm-hmm. and uh, then we let the franchises run the rest. So, like I said, we were actually running Thailand and Hawaii ourselves, but we had just haven't got time anymore. So, no, so I they're not. Imagine. So they're not actually running right now. Um, but uh, yeah, we just sort of we build our events to do things that other people can't do. Um, mm. So, for instance, doing that festival thing where we rented a 123-room resort in Bali, um, luxury resort, obviously yeah. very expensive to do that. And, uh, yeah, we, we had 138 people there. So we just try and do things. We Like in the Maldives, we've got a, we've got a boat. It's a 123-foot luxury boat. It's got 11 cabins and um, it's an amazing week. Wow. So, yeah, we just keep looking for things that, uh, that work for our, our model and... Mm. Um, yeah, so Byron Bay's the launch is on right now, so yeah. right in the middle. So gave you, gave you forty five minutes to uh, to talk about this, but um, yeah. it's uh, yeah Byron Bay's one we've been looking at doing for at least three years. Um, yeah, okay, and yeah, we just haven't had time to to run it. So mm-hmm. um, really exciting to be here. This trip's been booked out for about six months. So um, yeah, very popular place. Oh, hundred percent. So. Before I go into the last segment, I always do this. I ask the quick five for five. So it's uh, five quick questions in um, the, you know, necessarily little things, the rapid fire ones. Right. So. Nervous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Favorite surf break in the world? Uh, I got a few. Am I allowed to say one? You're only allowed to say one. Jeez. There's uh I recently went to one and I had an absolute balls in uh uh in Zumba in Indonesia. Yeah. Okay. Near, near Zumba. Yeah. Um it's a private resort there. It's quite high end. It's expensive but uh yeah. they only allow ten surfers at once, so Really? Yeah, that's um really epic place to, to surf. That sounds amazing. It was uh it was pumping, you'll see a couple of photos on my Instagram recently. Yeah. Um yeah. 
Maldives is one of my favourites as well. Okay. And uh, Penang Penang in Bali. Yeah. I could I could name a few. There's, uh, yeah, I think we yeah. could go on forever, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. um, did you ever cheat on a high school test? High school test? Yeah. Um, what about university? Yeah, chuck university in there as well. Yeah, I've definitely cheated on university. So. <laughs> <laughs> was it all riding on the leg? Uh, nah, that was pretty pretty dumb at university back then yeah. uh I'm, yeah like we were um they used to give you sup exams if you were close to passing like you got 48 say out of yeah. 100 because you had to get 50 to pass yeah and once i got a sup and they i just went in to do my sup exam they just put me in a room and i was just by myself there's not in there and i so i just got out my mobile and just rang the, one of the guys from the <laughs> from the class and he just looked up the answers for me how good's that? No, that is amazing. Um, best thing that you've eliminated from your life? Um, oh, probably some bad people. Yeah. Um, Toxic relationships, yeah, type thing. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, you just got to be careful in, uh, I suppose, any relationships, but um, just, yeah, I suppose if you can eliminate those bad people that are trying to bring you down um, mm. and go with the people that are, are on your team. Yeah, bring you up and boost you. Um, what do you value the most? Um, my wife, is that, yeah. that a good answer? That's a good answer. It's <laughs> <laughs> a safe answer. I hope she hears that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's the impact that you want to have? Um, I suppose it definitely makes me happy with um, seeing like our guests having such a good time and uh, mm -hmm. a lot of them change their lives um, in terms of j just maybe even their, just their happiness levels um, and they're meeting new new people and they become friends with uh, not only myself but um, some of the like the other guests and uh, also they might even change their whole career we've had lots of people come on and they just realise that, oh, what am I doing? I need to, I need to change something. So yeah, um, yeah, it's cool just seeing people, um, yeah, become happier. Yeah, better versions of themselves. Yeah, yeah, epic. So, um, so last thing segment, all things personal development. Um, is that the five questions done? Yeah, that's the five okay. questions done. Can, you can nailed relax. them, mate. <laughs> you can relax. Um, so do you have a certain morning routine that sort of gets you going? You know, you you use it when you need to have a good day or every single day like um well as i said i travel around a lot so it's a bit different yeah, but like hard. when i'm at i usually a lot of places i can do this so it, it sort of works well I'll, I'll sort of get up and um you know have a have a shower or maybe like usually grab my grab my computer or phone or something even yeah. when i'm still lying in bed and i can just like I can get back to like I can spend half an hour just replying to emails that I might have got overnight like before yeah. I even get up or um, and then have a shower and then I might um, do a little bit more work and uh, then I might go for a surf for a couple of hours yeah, and then come back and do a little bit more work then have lunch um, so I just sort of break up the day like that yeah um, and instead of I suppose a lot of traditional people get up go to work work Mm. lunch work home yeah dinner bed. doesn't appeal to you um no nah, it's not my it's not my thing so 
yeah, I like, I suppose, the freedom um, doing working for myself and do, doing doing it that way. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think I work really hard though. Like I'll speak to my speak to my wife in a podcast. I'm sure she'll tell you that um, <laughs> I piss her off because she she uh, doesn't like how much I work sometimes, and that yeah. I can't forget about it. And yeah, you you literally li- like live it. You dream it. You you wake up in the middle of the night and that answer pops into your head that you couldn't think about during the day and yeah that's uh so it's, it, yeah so you've yeah. almost like created like a, a holiday lifestyle but it's not like a holiday but it's like you've created the lifestyle that you want to live you know that you yeah. don't really need to take a holiday from because you're almost like you know yeah doing this all the time like do you take many holidays or because like yeah look we're pretty spoiled um yeah and it is hard because we go to such amazing places when we're working. Mm. Um, like hard to like go somewhere for a holiday, I mean. Yeah, like, like I would find that super interesting. Like. Um, yeah, people have asked, like we got married and uh, people asked where we were going to go for a honeymoon. <laughs> and I said, oh, we might go to office works and get a desk in the uh, in an office for a, yeah. for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and I uh, have a phone on my desk and whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit... It's a bit strange at times, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, you know. But people think it is like, oh, you just live this life and you just go on holiday all the time. But it's yeah, it's not like that. It it isn't like that. We do go to these amazing places, and I'm very grateful for it. Um, but yeah, you got to work hard. Um, I suppose that's the what we try to drill into our franchisees with. Um, you you're not in this to just like you, you think you're going on holiday all the time. Um, mm. it's it's hard work and you don't get a lot of sleep at times you sort of last to bed and first up um even like when you're on the retreats so and i'm training with them and doing everything with them so it's uh it's it's very tiring in terms of in terms of that as well like they're in bed and i'm doing the emails um yeah or podcasts <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's yeah it's it's full on especially at, at like at our level like we're doing lots of retreats a year i would have done over 20 retreats myself a year for the last uh, probably five years. Wow. Yeah. So you just genuinely love it, hey? Yeah, I've done over a hundred retreats myself, so it's uh yeah, you gotta love it or you can do it. No, no way. Um <clears throat> so if you had to go back to one day in your life just to soak it up a little bit more, you probably weren't grateful at the time for it, but if you could go back what day would it be and why? Um Um, I suppose like everything you can look back um, when you're young like in your younger younger years I know you're young Dylan but yeah. uh, when I was probably your age and uh, I don't know like you, you're doing like your life changes a lot you, I suppose not for everyone but like I think you grow up a lot in your through your 20s and your life can change totally you're out of the bubble of your, like your school and your school friends and um, that sort of thing so um, but yeah, you always think about things, or maybe I could have tried it a bit harder at that, or or whatever. But at the time, you think you're trying, so mm. it's sort of hard. Like um, I just remember playing football, and I I probably at times like I remember thinking I was fit, but I probably I could have been fitter, like yeah, uh, just stuff like that. And, um, I feel like I'm more competitive now than when I was 22. Like I was sort of just having fun at 22, like yeah. Um, just going with the flow type thing 
yeah and uh yeah just you know whatever didn't really worry me if i was playing in in the twos or whatever footy and yeah whatever i was like oh, i'm just having fun like mm. kick five goals on the weekend that's that's good yeah um i'd say coach said you reckon you'd be in the one text maybe uh, i don't know whatever yeah um so yeah i suppose like that you sort of wish you sometimes you'd tried a bit harder but um yeah i suppose it's all about growing up and um just enjoying enjoying yourself i suppose it's mm. that's the main that's the main thing i suppose there's no point in putting in too much and so you just hate it so yeah. um you know i talk to a lot of people as well that that you know they don't like their sport or whatever because they just try you know becomes too too hard for them because they're mm. trying too hard so um i suppose in everything you just need to enjoy it um sure do you enjoy the podcast i love it man i love these kind of chats they're awesome so, um, <laughs> yeah if you can enjoy it then uh it becomes a lot easier if you started hating it and going oh i've got to go and talk to this dickhead from active <laughs> escapes um and i don't want to really want to talk to him yeah. uh then you it just becomes too hard for you and you, you probably should change what you're doing yeah no um, man i love this it's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do yeah. um <clears throat> so lastly if you had to give any advice to sort of any like you know young kids out there maybe 18 to 24 or even 16 to 24 and they're a bit lost in life <laughs> what would you tell them to just maybe you know go out there and do or just um i suppose just exp like getting experience in in different things but um like obviously you get drilled when you're at school like this is what you do so you go to uni and whatever mm. and yeah like it's a good idea um, you may not you know you may learn things you may not learn things like I've, t I've told people before I don't think I learned anything at uni I went there for six years so um, and but you you just develop so and also you've got your degree so yeah my advice would be when you're at school and stuff yeah do don't don't just get out of school and go oh, i'm going to start my own business and whatever it is um just get your degree or get your apprenticeship or whatever it is like mm. have something have and then while you're doing that maybe start something else and uh but whatever you if you want to start your own business or whatever you just got to keep your uh the, like you got to keep your costs like low um it's it's really hard I suppose you know if you want to set up a shop or something mm. and you're gonna need hundreds of thousands of dollars to probably do that and uh if you're in your if you're young in 18 to 25 well unless you get given the money from somewhere i don't know where you're gonna get it from yeah it's gonna be um, debt yeah so i suppose all the businesses i started i kept my and also till today you keep your expenses as, as low as you can mm. and uh you minimize the risk of of getting yourself in trouble um i've known heaps of people that have you know lost a lot of money and got themselves in trouble and debt and whatever from dead you know sorry debt oh sorry, sorry debt, dead. not dead <laughs> um debt from from making bad decisions um yeah. but you know like i've as i said before i've made other I've had other businesses that didn't go didn't go too well but mm. I didn't lose a lot of money out of it or anything um, you know you might have lost a bit but nothing that I couldn't afford to lose yeah so I suppose that's the that's the hard bit there's I've, another business I had I had a 
we had an active style and active studios which is an offspin of active skates where we had a um active style was a shop mm. so we sold all sportswear we had, I had a contract with nike um, oh, wow. we were the only we had there was only two two companies in australia that had a country uh, contract with nike to sell um online and uh or nike um and we had adidas as well and a bunch of other companies and uh i was flying back and forward from bali and stuff but um it just it just was so much work and i just didn't have time to do it and i was employing people to do it and we were losing losing a lot of money um yeah. we had a shop we had a lot of stock and whatever and i ended up i sold out of it um after maybe a year or two um just because it, it was just too hard but i would have lost I, I lost a fair bit out of that because um, yeah, well, again it was like this big setup you got to deck out your shop you got to buy all the stock and all that sort of stuff so that was a, that, a big that, learning curve yeah that was probably the biggest risk i took and uh it didn't work for me but I, I got out of it without too much damage yeah that's all right um well mate thanks so much for jumping on today i've had a lot of fun uh learning a, a, a lot about active thanks. escapes your story and how it all came about but i'm sure there's a, a few young people out there that would have got something from your story yeah so. thanks mate and before we go dylan i'm yeah. gonna ask you then yeah you're doing your podcast what do you want to do what do i want to do Where's so, it, what's your goal so my big goal is i want to create a um almost an app or some type of movement where it um, enables people within a community so like maybe a student or 18 to 24 that's a bit lost with their life yeah and they can connect with someone like yourself or someone who's like doing what they are doing and willing to donate now their time to catch up for a coffee and yeah. sort of creating that connection in a non-biased way that they're not going to influence them to go do something like from their parents or something like that so that's what i'm trying to create and i'm still trying to figure out like what that is but yeah that's like my little daily thing is doing the podcast because that sort of reinstalls like why i do what i do yep so yeah that's what i want to do cool man <laughs> can't wait to follow your progress yeah cheers mate hey guys if you made it this far you're an absolute legend and i'm very appreciative that you probably enjoyed the podcast so please take a screenshot, chuck it up on your Instagram story. It'd mean the absolute world. The more people that I can reach, the more people that might listen to this episode and be like, hey, you know what? That's what I want to do. I'm going to go take that shot, take that risk because I now know the steps I need to take. Well, at least I got a little bit more confidence and I might even reach out to Zana and I'm more... I'm very confident that he'd be willing to help anyone out that reached out to him because he's such a genuine nice bloke and that's what happens when you're in the real world everyone wants to help each other which is super cool so i know a lot of people coming from the school system you think that uh, everyone's sort of out to get you especially in that school you're always fighting for that op1 or whatever but in the real world if you're doing well you actually want to help others because you want to see other people win and you got to find people like that so zana is one of those guys hit him up and thanks again for listening to Dill Journey's podcast. I appreciate it. And enjoy your Christmas. Spend it with your family and tell them how much you love them because you wouldn't be where you are today without them. You.